The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors. Welcome to History Island, celebrating the rich history of Long Island. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Dale Spencer, your history guy. And we're listening to History Island on 103.9 FM. Um, So I want to thank, as I start out, my producer, John Gifford, my research director, Janet Rishpita, and as usual, always in the background, helping me out, my producer, Mike Scudero. So we're going to have a great show tonight. We're moving a little bit west from where we were, and we're heading down to Babylon Village tonight. Of course, we're going to do more than Babylon Village. We're talking about Babylon Town, actually. That might be a little confusing to some people, but we'll clear that up as the show goes on. Um, Now, of course, this week is a week where most of the kids are off school. And so there's a lot of kids events going on for the family. If you're off with your kids, Um, obviously, for a start, you could visit the Vanderbilt Museum. The planetarium there is showing special shows all week. Um, A lot of people have been showing up there and going. You can also go to the Long Island Children's Museum in Garden City. And they're doing some special things for the uh, vacation. And um, also, don't forget Old Bedpage Village Restoration, which did a great celebration of President's Day the other day. And you should could go visit all those places. Those are all really great places for you to go. So I hope you're all having a good vacation. I hope everybody's staying safe out there, as I usually want to know. Now, we have a great show tonight, and we have some great guests. So I'm not going to really waste any time tonight. I'm going to go right into it. And my first guest is... Mary Cascone, and she is the Babylon Town Historian, um, a real expert on the town and uh, a great, great guest. And so, hey, Mary, how you doing? Good evening. How are you? I'm doing very well. Um, so uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do over there at the um, historian's office? Well, I am the town historian, which can be confusing to people because we have both a village of Babylon and a town of Babylon. But I am pleased to represent the entire town, all 13 communities, our three incorporated villages, and our 10 hamlets. Mm-hmm. Now, so now a lot of people who don't know any better, will they think, okay, I drive through Babylon. That's Babylon. But uh, like, some, like Islip is like this, there's Babylon Township, which includes a bunch of towns. What towns are those? Do you know? In in Islip? In uh, Babylon. Oh, in Babylon. Yes, I know all of them. Would you like them in alphabetical order? Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's Amityville Village. There is Copeg Hamlet. There's Deer Park Hamlet, East Farmingdale. Then you have Lindenhurst Village. You have the Hamlet of North Amityville, North Babylon, West Babylon, Wheatley Heights, Wyandanche, and then the Barrier Beach communities of Captree Island, the Oak Island, Oak Beach, Gilgo Beach, West Gilgo. 
All right. So that's Babylon Township, Correct. which is a big, giant township. Many, many people in all those towns. I believe we are the most densely populated in Suffolk County. Yeah, I would have believed that. Yes. Because once you go north of the little village, it really gets crazy. Yes. Everyone who's been on Deer Park Avenue knows. Um, so, and, um, so uh, but now your office is actually located in the Babylon Village, right? Yes, and in, and it, we really have the Samus family to thank and blame mm-hmm. for that, that when the town was establishing its first village hall, which was 46 years after our incorporation, we met in hotels before then, we're building a town hall, and where are we going to put it? Some people want it in Lindenhurst, some people want it in Amityville, but they were gifted the land by the Samus family in Babylon Village, which kind of settled the issue of where it was going to go. It took care of a third of the cost. Oh, right. So that is why we have a town building inside an incorporated village of the same name. (laughs) Okay, yeah. And sorry if you can't figure that one out out there. It's what it is. (laughs) And how long have you been doing this for? I've been with the town since 2006, and I've been the town historian since 2014. Oh, very nice. Yes, yeah. Thank you. Okay, yeah, so that's quite impressive. Thank you. Uh, so uh, we did um, we did a little research, me and, of course, Janet, my research director on Babylon, and what we wound up doing was we went down and we visited the village, and we um, met Mary's staff over at the office, really great people, and we took a walk through the village, and it was like kind of like what Patchogue is, and something we're discovering with this show is these little villages on Long Island, the old main streets and all that have a whole life of their own and a whole way of life that people live there. And it's different than, for example, you live up in the middle of Deer Park, where it's just the sprawl of Suffolk County. The towns all have a great atmosphere. So the Babylon Village is no exception to that. Um, So um, you have some interesting things going on down there in your office that you're working on right now? Well, last year in 2022, we did celebrate the 150th anniversary of the town Mm -hmm. um, from 150 years since we separated from the town of Huntington. So we spent the entire year celebrating. We were scheduled to have our townwide parade last October, but um, thanks to Hurricane Ian, we had to cancel, which means we're still in the celebrating mood. um, And we will be bringing back a parade take two. On April th- Sunday, April 30th. Oh, remember that date, everybody. Sunday, April 30th. And everybody's welcome, I'm sure, at that yes, event. Yes, right? absolutely. We're going to... Um we're going to start around the Copeg Railroad Station, come down Great Neck Road, down to Tanner Park, um, which is when people say, well, why are we going down that way? Well, at 84, 86 acres, it's the largest town facility. Uh, Tanner Park. Tanner Park yeah. is that also has, you know, restrooms, refreshments, uh, another egress, which is all good for bringing a few thousand people through on a parade. And I know that in person because I've gone to many great events at Tanner Park over the years. Of course, we're going to talk a little more about that later in the program um, because uh, we have um, our expert here from um, the Babylon Arts Council, but we'll get to that in a few minutes. Um, Anyway, so um, we had a great visit down to the village. We uh, talked to your staff. And um, so when when did Babylon Village get um, originally created? Well, it really depends on what you want to ask about. The it, town. The, the town. Well, we have to start with the village if you want to talk about the name. Okay. So 1803 is when it's named. 
Um, so, so let's go with that story. If you're familiar with Glenn's, did you have a chance to go to Glenn's? No, we did not get a chance to but go But you there. know where it is. Yes. Okay, you can't miss Glenn's. And it's near the intersection. It's really near the heart of the downtown, the cross of Deer Park Avenue and Main Street. Mm-hmm. Near that site is where the original Nathaniel Conklin house sat. The the house now belong is now up Deer Park Avenue, closer to the railroad station. But that's where it started, and that's where we get the name. Nathaniel Conklin brings his widowed mother down to Babylon. They're right across the street from the American House Hotel, and supposedly the story goes, she says, aghast, "Where did you bring me? This place is another Babylon," referring to a debaucherous place because she's across the street from a saloon and a stagecoach stop, and and probably a bit noisier than the Half Hollow Hills residence where she had been. And he supposedly says to her, no, mother, this is a new Babylon. And he carves new Babylon, house built by Nat Conklin, 1803, and he puts it into the house. And so new Babylon eventually gives way to Babylon. Oh, so that's how the name really Yes, and and Phoebe Conklin, you know, while the naming is credited to Nathaniel, we can't forget Phoebe, who really inspired the name. Because of that comment. Because of that comment, yes. Right. Oh, that's really interesting. Now, I'd never heard that story before. That's what I'm here for. Yeah, that's right. That's a a really great story. (laughs) So anyway, um, we'll come back in a minute. Uh, We're going to go to a break in a second. And um, like I said, you're listening to History Island on LI News Radio 103.9. And I'm your host, Dale Spencer, your history guy. And we'll be right back. My name is Mike Cueva. And I'm Lisa Steffens, and we work at BLD's Restaurant on Hawkins Avenue in Ronkonkoma. And we would love for everybody to come on down and visit us and check out our food items and our friendly atmosphere. We decorate all the time year-round. And like I said, we are family-owned. I'm there 20 years. Mike next to me is there about 15. And we would love everybody to come in and join us. Yeah, you have to try our pancakes, our waffles, our French toast, even our ribs are good burgers are great as well and don't forget our police officers our veterans our fire department we give discounts for veterans police officers seven days a week so come on down and visit us our business hours are 7 a.m to 9 p.m and we're known for your home away from home hey everybody welcome back So we have a really great show tonight. Of course, I'm your host, Dale Spencer, and you know you're listening to History Island on 103.9 FM. By the way, if you have comments or suggestions on the show, you can always get in touch with me. Email me at historyislandli at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you and hear about things you think about our show and suggestions you might have for other shows, because, of course, we're going to travel all over Long Island. So anyway... Um, back to um, our, our first special guest, Mary Cascone, the um, Babylon Town historian. Um, that's 
different than the Babylon villager story, but we've explained that already. So anyway, um, Mary, um, you know, you know, we're talking about that one hotel with the Conklins. Um, could you tell me about some of the old hotels that Babylon had? Because I know it was a great town for hotels back in the day. There were a lot of hotels, and there were hotels that predated the railroad. Railroad comes to Babylon Village in 1867. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1867, you already had the Sumpwams Hotel, which was on Main Street. You had um, the National Hotel, and you had the American House. Um, the American House was probably from about the 1780s. Um, I think you're going to talk about Burger Bar a little later on. But that corner where Burger Bar is, that was the corner where American House was. It was about the same age as LaGrange in West Islip. Um, and it was was a stagecoach stop. In fact, the railroad first com- the first railroad depot in the town of Avalon was actually Deer Park. And then you would arrive in Deer Park. You would get on a stagecoach, come down Deer Park Avenue, and one of your stops to to stay in Babylon would be at the American House. Oh, okay. That's really great. Yeah. So so those are your pre-railroad hotels. Then after that, we get um, the East End Hotel, which became the site of Cooper Street, which is now in the process of being changed to a new restaurant. Um, we had the Babylon Hotel. We had the Argyle Hotel. The Argyle Hotel is the one that comes in in 1882 and only stands for 22 years. Um, The name Argyle is everywhere throughout the village, including the theater that's across the street from my office. And the Argyle Hotel was the largest, the most expensive hotel in Babylon and the least successful. I, I I like to say in presentations that I have a handbag that I've carried for more than 22 years. And that's how long this big, beautiful hotel stood. Um, it, it because we are in Black History Month, I will uh, you talk about the Argyle Hotel. You have to talk about the Cuban Giants, the first professional black baseball team in America. Every book about black baseball in America on either the first or the second page, you will see the words Argyle Hotel and Babylon, Long Island. Right. And from what I understand, the Cuban baseball team was um, comprised of people who all worked for the hotel, right? Yes. You know, it's it was hard to get employed as a baseball player, regardless of your race. That's right. Um, So the hotel hires you to work, you know, during the day as a as a waiter and other hotel staff. But then you're going to come together and you're going to play baseball games as entertainment for the guests. And I understand that that team actually went and played down in Cuba, right? I, later on that mm-hmm. they did. Um, I am really familiar with the Cuban Giants from 1885 till about 1888. Um, in the 1890s, they, they changed up a lot. There was a lot of changes in the teams. You ended up with the Cuban Giants, the Cuban ex-Giants. I think that there were nine different teams that had the name Giants in them. But that only goes to show you the popularity. Everybody wanted a piece of that that history of the Cuban giants. And I think that they did go down to Cuba to play in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. Yes, I had heard that. And um, a, a pretty amazing piece of history, actually. Yes, it is. And we're very proud of it. In fact, I started talking with someone up at Cooperstown um, that they're looking at doing an exhibit about the Cuban giants. And I was I jumped right on it because I'm like, hey, they were only here for one summer, but we are really proud of that summer. And, and we will help in any way that we can. Oh, that's really great. Yeah, and that's an important piece of baseball history because, of course, we all know how baseball really shut out 
Black and other players for so many decades. It was a real shame that it happened that way. Yes. Um, we all know in the Negro Leagues that some of the great players like Satchel Paige, uh, they never got to really play in the majors and they were great players. Yes. And and it was, it was a lot, there was a lot of excitement a couple of years ago when MLB brought in the Negro Leagues into MLB history. And people were like, oh, aren't you so excited, you know, given the Cuban Giants? And I'm like, well, the Cuban Giants are actually still another 35, 40 years prior to that. So we're, we're still in the pre-Negro Leagues. Um, so they're not quite part of that history yet. Mm-hmm. Yet. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> now, I understand that Algar Hotel was a giant place, right? It had a lot of rooms. I believe that it could accommodate 300 guests. Yeah, so that's an amazing thing. And it was right by Algar Lake there, right? Yes, it was. And I really never understood at first when I saw exactly where it was on the maps that it was you know, 50 feet, less than 100 feet from the railroad tracks, which would have been on the ground. But what you have to understand is that Austin Corbin, the man who built the hotel, was the president of the Long Island Railroad. Yes. Then when you understand that, you understand that this man man went to sleep by the sound of locomotives. Mm -hmm. You know, that was the sound of money for him. So, yes, putting it right next to the railroad made sense to him. Oh, of course, yeah. And he did so many things to try to make the railroad succeed and change it from its original... uh, purpose of bringing people out to Greenport on the original line yes. to the Southside line. And then, yeah, it's an amazing history. And we're going to cover that actually one day on another show because there's so much to talk about with the railroad history. Yes, it is. It built Long Island. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just, I mean, when we talk about the history of the town, we typically start with the railroad stations because there are so many communities that started when they put a railroad stop there oh yeah or or really flourished once the railroad yes. stop came in one you know babylon is is one of those that's that was really predated the railroad oh yeah um, right. and and so you know you were talking about the downtown that's one of the things so many of them built with a north south the downtown's built as a north south road one of the things that we have in babylon village is we have a north south we have deer park avenue and we have main street yeah. Where out, outside of Babylon Village, everyone else knows it as Montauk Highway. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that, that's the other thing you have to explain to people when they're coming, uh, especially if they're coming from Nassau County, where they all know it as Merrick Road. And we're like, yeah, then it becomes Montauk Highway. Then it's Main Street here. We have a few roads that are like that. And then you go east and it turns back into Montauk Highway and then it gets into Bayshore and it becomes Main Street again. Yes. And I think it also does that same thing in Patchogue Village. Yes. And so, but yet take it into Nassau County, like you said, and all of a sudden it's Merrick Road. It's no longer Montauk Highway. Well, Nassau County and Amityville Village. Amityville Village in the town of Babylon has it as Merrick Road. Oh, right, right. And, and that's that's my appreciation to my Amityville folks. They wouldn't want me to ever call that Montauk Highway. Because they don't call because it that. they don't right. call it that and they by the way have a great little village too and one day we'll be visiting over there yes um, but yeah it's a it's a, a wonderful uh, history of the village and of course Argyle Lake itself um, is a wonderful place people go take wedding pictures there it's a real part of the community and it, it absolutely is and and it's it's more than just Babylon Village because that that waterway starts up in the the Deer Park Dix Hills area. If, right. if you don't, you know, that's the Coral River. If you go to Geiger Park on the border of Deer Park and Wyandanche, that water flows through there. It goes down into Belmont Lake. It goes down into Southard's Pond, and then it goes into Argyle Lake. So if you if you happen to fish in Argyle Lake, that fish might have traveled a ways. That's right. That's all one big waterway. Oh, and then thing. it goes down into the Great South Bay. 
Oh, right. Of course. Not yeah. Which is down by the docks. And um, uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little more about that. I know that originally, and many people might not know this, um, but when you were going to go to Robert Moses Beach before they built the bridges um, over there on Robert Moses Causeway, the way to get there was to go to Babylon and take the ferry over to Robert Moses Beach. Yes. Yeah. The, 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 the docks, known as the village docks, were an important part before we had the railroad and not. There is a four-part ticket that's in the historical society that gave you going from Manhattan to Brooklyn. Then you get on a railroad track to railroad train to Babylon. You got on a horse car and took it from the train station to the docks, and then you got on a ferry boat to go across to what is now Robert Moses. What a way to travel. Yes. Um, so anyway, we're going to go to another break, and um, we'll come back. We'll talk a little more about that. Welcome back to History Island. I'm your host, Dale Spencer, and uh, we're talking here on 103.9 FM LI News Radio. So anyway, we're sitting here talking about Babylon Town, and what we've been talking about a little bit is the ferry service that used to bring people over to Robert Moses. Um, Back in the day, before they built the bridge to Robert Moses Beach in the 1960s, the ferry was the way to go there. Um, so the ferry service ran, and it ran into Field 3. And um, if you ever go down to Field 3 at Robert Moses, which is in your town there, um, the beautiful little entrance to the beach that people used to use back in those days is still there. It's at the back of the refreshment stand. And it's got the office and the ticket boots and everything in there. It's really beautiful old place. But in front of it is the U-shaped dock where the Babylon uh, ferry used to go. And I just want to remind some people who might not have ever heard this story about the story of Feisty the Whale. There was a whale in the 1970s that wandered sick into the bay right there by Field 3. And what they did is they took him and they corralled him into the dock there and closed it off. And marine biologists came and they worked on the whale for a couple of weeks. And he became a giant celebrity on Long Island. And thousands of people would go down and stand around the dock and cheer the marine biologists who were trying to cure him. And unlike, unfortunately, some of the whales today, they did save Feisty and they sent them back out on his way. And they tagged them also, I believe, when they did that. So it's just a great story about um, the ferry dock and how it served after that time. Today, it doesn't do anything. It just sits there. No boats ever go into it. But go check out that little beautiful entrance to Robert Moses. It's a nice piece of the history. So anyway, now me and my uh, wife, of course, my research director, Janet Rishbeter, we took a little vil- a visit down to Babylon Village uh, this last weekend just to see what was going on down there. 
So we stopped over at Mary's office, um, at the Babylon Town Historian office, and we met her staff. She was out, out of town at that point, and they were just wonderful, and they directed us to her, and they showed us a little uh, around, and they were just a great staff. So our visit to the village was really great. Um, we stopped down. We walked around. We went to a few of the restaurants in town and looked. Um, we visited a few stores, and I want to mention a couple of the places we visited. One was Del Fuego, a nice, beautiful Tex-Mex restaurant right in Deer Park Avenue down in town. They serve really great food. Um, we also went to the Tortafina Bake Shop. And that's an historic bakery. It's in an old building. Um, by the way, the whole town has got these beautiful old storefronts, and they've been preserved, a lot of them. And they have amazing stuff. Go visit the bake shop. You will find some amazing items in there. We also stopped in the antique shop down on Main Street, Deja Vu. And we talked to Betty Ann and spent some time with her. And she shares that office with Dr. Robert Crimey, and uh, everyone calls them Dr. Bob. And they actually go in the same entrance and they're both there. Wonderful people. A great little antique shop. I would tell everybody to go visit it. Um, we also stopped at a new store down there. And that's the Canafella's Health and Wellness Center. And we talked to Scotty, who runs that and owns it. And um, they do some various different things. They have CBD products that'll help you. Um, massage oils, different things like that. And a whole wellness routine that you can go check out. A really nice new upcoming shop. Now, what we also did is we stopped and we had a meal in the Babylon Burger Bar. Right on the corner of Main Street and Deer Park Avenue. So we had a great meal in there. Really good staff. A really vibrant, wonderful place to go to. And uh, while we were there, I stopped and I had a little interview with Roy, the owner of that shop. Hi, so, so I'm standing here with Roy, the proprietor of the Babylon Burger Bar, right here down in the village. Hey, we, we had a really good meal here tonight. You have a great staff. Um, what made you guys think of this concept? Well, my partner came up with it, and uh, it's basically taking burgers to the next level. It's basically it's built on a build-your-own concept. Build-your-own burgers, the foundation of our menu. But obviously, you've seen from the menu, we have a lot of other items and a lot of specialty burgers, specialty sandwiches, our giant salads. All that's been an involvement over the past couple of years. My partner and I, given our input, and keep coming up with new things to keep it interesting. But on the other side of that fence, we're we're simple good. Burgers, fries, and milkshakes. Stay in that lane, and people love it. It's a really a family concept where mom and dad can have a glass of wine, enjoy a steakhouse burger or ahi tuna on a salad, and the kids will have one of our super-duper milkshakes and chicken fingers, and everybody has a really, really great time. So it's perfect fit for the village and perfect fit for the families that come here. So we're real excited to be in Babylon. And it's our five-year anniversary was this February. So Oh, that's really great. Going strong, and I uh, hope to have five more years at least. So I really appreciate it. I'm glad you had a good time here. Oh, yeah, we had a great time. Our meal was really great. Also, I want to let everybody know the location here is just perfect on the corner of Main Street and Deer Park Avenue. Wonderful place. Great concept. The staff is really, really good. Um, yeah, we thank you guys for being here. Well, come back anytime. And like I said, we're right across the street from the Argyle Theater, which is really gangbusters now. And just one of the benefits of being in a really popular, um, well-run village. And uh, 
it's been benefit for everybody. So thanks again. Well, thanks a lot, Roy. Okay, and of course, so now we're talking a little more about modern Babylon, and um, we have the Argyle Theater right across from the Burger Place, and they do some great shows down there, and old movie, the old movie theater of Babylon, and they're doing a lot of great work, um, and there's also a lot of other great things going on, and that's going to lead us to our next guest, and that is Sean Cullinane, and Sean is the president of the board of directors of the Babylon Arts Council a wide-ranging organization that's doing a lot of great work in Babylon town and the village also, of course. So, hey, Sean, how you doing? Welcome um, to the program. I'm doing very well. Good to see you, Dale. Yeah, same here. And um, so why don't you tell us about some of the events you got going on? Baca has been around the town of Babylon for almost 50 years. In fact, we'll be ce- celebrating our 50th anniversary in 2024. So we're kind of gearing up towards that and we're letting people know about it. But for all these years, Baca has been doing a, a wide variety of things uh, in the artistic community. We run, um, uh, we run the annual Bluegrass Festival at Tanner Park. We've been doing that for 20 years. We are the sponsor for the uh, Pamanuk Powwow uh, that has been held again in Tanner Park. And that's been almost 40 years. Um, we run instructional art classes in the Town Hall Annex up in uh, North Babylon. We do live theater productions in our um, art center in Lindenhurst. Uh, we worked with the village of Amityville last year to do an outside uh, art show. Um, we just do a myriad of different things that advocate uh, art, culture, uh, some historical stuff, um, yeah, just everything in the arts community. We're really, really happy to be able to do that, and uh, it continues to grow. Wow. And um, so now I've gone to the powwow down at the uh, Tanner Park. Um, uh, By the way, a great, great park, as you mentioned before, Mary. And um, I've gone to some concerts down there, and I didn't realize you guys ran the Bluegrass Festival every year. That's that's one of our premier programs. We're really, really excited about running that. And this year will be our 21st year running the Bluegrass. And now we've added a roots music element to it over the last couple of years. So we've expanded it just a little uh, to broaden our base. But it's the Long Island Bluegrass and Roots Music Festival at Tanner Park. And this year it'll be Saturday, August the 19th. Oh, very good. So Saturday, August 19th. Put that on your calendar, everybody, because it's a great event. And it, now, how much is the admission, or do we know that yet? Uh, don't, we don't have it set yet, but I mm-hmm. believe it was $20 admission uh, last year, and it'll probably be the same, but I, I'm not 100% sure on that. But for 20 bucks, you get a really great show. It's a day-long um, festival. We have uh, seven different acts. Um, we try to bring in a national act every year. So depending on what happens, uh, it, it'll be another great show one way or the other. Oh, yeah, that's a great price for that kind of event. I know we've seen some other major acts there at times do single concerts, I believe, right? At the, down to Tanner Park. The town, of, the town of Babylon sponsors a lot of music programs over the course of the summer at Tanner Park as well, and they do a great job doing that. Oh, so, so that's a great thing for town residents, a lot of cultural things going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so now how can people uh, get in touch with you guys to find out about your programs? BabylonArts.org is our website. It's a great website. It has a lot of information there. It'll give you uh, phone numbers. It'll give you our address. It'll give you a listing of all the programs that we do. Uh, it's a great website, uh, www.babylonarts.org. Check it out. Oh, great. Okay. So um, so there's so much going on in this town. It's just the great town. It's um, the, Our visit to the village was great, and it's two different things. There's the village, which is a wonderful place, and there is the town of uh, Babylon, which really does a lot of things. 
Well, Mary and I know each other very well because we actually have our offices in the same building, Old Old Town Hall, right in uh, in Babylon. It's a great building. We're actually able to do some uh, productions in there. They have a, a beautiful upstairs uh, meeting room. It used to be a meeting room or conference room, but it's large enough where we can stage some theatrical um, uh, events up there. We've had art shows up there, uh, a host of different things, flamingo, guitar playing not too long ago. Um, so it's a great facility, and we're very appreciative to the town of Babylon who allows us to be there to put on the, the events that we do have. And, and it's a wonderful building. I just, architecture, it's great. And we saw all the graphics up on the wall when you first walk in. Um, so, you know, we're looking forward to going and uh, taking advantage of some of those events ourselves. Check out our website. What we have going on uh, in Lindenhurst is our art center. We own and operate the um, the Baca Art Center on North Wildwood Avenue in Lindenhurst. And uniquely, we're part of really a growing uh, theater presence in the village of Lindenhurst. Not only are we there uh, with the Baca Art Center, but down the block we have the uh, South Shore Theater Experience, which has a separate theater, and we also have the uh, Studio Theater, which is a long-time mainstay theater operation in uh, in Lindenhurst. So we've got this little theater row going on in Lindenhurst, so uh, there's always something to see if you want to. Oh, that's pretty neat. I don't really know of another town out here on Long Island that has all of that going on. We had a unique event, I think it was April the 22nd of this uh, last year, where each of the theaters had a show open, a new production on the same night. And we, we geared it so we had this big kind of uh, fanfare where, again, each theater had a, a new show. So it was nice. It was a nice evening. It was a nice celebration. Oh, and that's all up on Wildwood Avenue where all this happens. That's huh? right. Mm-hmm. Mm, amazing. Yeah. I've uh, spent a lot of my life as a kid going around Babylon Town, enjoying it. Of course, everyone knows I was a kid who grew up in Brentwood after I came out from the Bronx, and um, Babylon was pretty close to us, so we always really enjoyed it and took advantage of the town. You mentioned before about the Barrier Beaches. One of the projects we did uh, last year was at Cedar Beach. You have the underpasses that go from the parking lot to the beaches, and the underpasses have these cement walls. And we got a program together where we got uh, kids from the art departments in most of the high schools uh, in the town of Babylon come down and repaint the murals on the uh, cement walls. And they have depictions of the various hamlets and villages throughout the town. So it's really a very creative and a very nice piece of artwork. And I'm happy to say that we're now planning on doing Gilgo Beach this year. So hopefully that'll be done by the end of the year. So both of the underpasses from the town beaches, from their parking lots to their uh, beaches, will have these beautiful artistic uh, mural displays. And brought to you in part by Baca. So we're very happy about that. Oh, that's really wonderful. And that adds to what's going on with the beach anyway, where they've now completed the bike path. So you can get on a bike at uh, basically if you wanted in Wantor, Montauk Highway, ride the path all the way down to Jones Beach and all the way through all these beaches all the way over to Cap Tree. Have you been on the bike path? Yes, I have been on the bike path. Have yes. you seen some of the nice history murals that are there? Uh, yes, I have. Guess uh, who contributed to some of that? Let me take a guess. <laughs> <laughs> that was in plan for a long time. Met with New York State DOT years ago. 
Um, but they're beautiful. And and every time I go down to Ocean Parkway, people are on it. Oh, it's always really busy. Nice. Yeah, it's always filled with people. I've noticed that myself. And we've taken the bike path ourselves. By the way, if you're bikers out there, you probably already know about it. But if not, I'd make a point to go there and uh, use it. I love the little bridges they've made over the, the artistic way they made the little bridges over the eastern half that they built through your town. Oh, very nice. Yeah, and they did a really nice job on those. Yeah. You know, so um, so anyway, and that's a way you can also access those beaches because they're town beaches and you need to have a town permit, right, to go to those beaches, I believe, a couple of them, Cedar Beach. Overlook, you have to be a town resident, so you can only have a town beach pass to right. get in there. I believe right. at Gilgo, you can pay to go in if you don't have a, a town pass. Oh, okay. So right. someone from outside the town of Avalon can come to Gilgo um, for a fee. Right. If you're driving a car. Yes. And of course, if you're riding your bike, you can just ride right to the beach. I believe that is the loophole. Yeah, that's the little loophole now, which didn't (laughs) exist before. And uh, there's a lot of bike riders on that path. So uh, it's a really enjoyable thing. And it's just it's a beautiful addition to the whole Ocean Parkway scene. It should have been there many years ago, but it got planned and it got done. And, you know, we're all really happy that it's there. Yes. So anyway, you guys, um, basically, um, we've covered a lot of things in Babylon Town, Babylon Village. Um, go take a visit down in Babylon Village sometime or down Wildwood Avenue. I'm going to make a point to go to all those theaters because I haven't been to the theaters up on Wildwood Avenue yet. We have a production going. In fact, in the year 2023, we will have a new production every month in, the, in our theater uh, in addition to what the other two theaters are doing so we've got 12 shows going on this year which is phenomenal we're working with three different theater companies one of them being a uh, uh, original playwright from uh, stony brook university so Ooh. we're just doing some great great theater work uh, and it's it's really a pleasure to be able to put it together well what a reward for the town to have you guys doing what you do because it, you're culturally giving so much to your town by doing all of these efforts and um, it's a wonderful thing. Not every town has that. I think we're pretty proud of the town of Babylon. I think we are. And your theater experience is a pretty intimate one. How many people do you accommodate in the Lindenhurst Theater? We seat approximately 75 people uh, for most productions. We can probably expand that a little depending on how they set up the staging on there. But ours is 75. I believe Studio Theater has somewhere in the 200 range and the South Shore Theater uh, experience is about 50. So they are intimate, small theaters, and they have the ability to move the staging around depending on the production. So it's a little bit of a black box, what they call a theater experience, where it's, the rooms are interchangeable. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's very intimate, no doubt about it. And low cost, too. We talked about pricing before. Right, right. You can see an average show over at the Baca Art Center for $20. Wow, it's a little bit different than going to the Broadway theater where I you're now spending so. hundreds of dollars to try to get a ticket. And, um, but and that's you do great. feel a part of it. Right. You know, the, pr- the productions that I've seen there, you know, you, you really get into it because you're right there. It's in front of you. Yes, it's more personal. Yeah, yes. Definitely. It's always like that with smaller theaters. It's a great experience. That and, way. and it shows you the, the quality and the depth of talent that's across Long Island in the theater professions. There's a lot of theater going on. And when you see these folks, and they come from all over, not just the town of Babylon, but many of them come from across Long Island to do productions here in our, in our uh, spaces as well as the others. Uh, they're just phenomenal people. They're just great actors, great talent. 
Yeah, and um, and you know, it's like one of the reasons why we do a show like this because Long Island is full of talented, great people, and and there's people doing really creative things. And if you're finding that you're not finding this stuff, and you're busy in your life, and you want a little entertainment and culture, um, well, go check out this town. This is a good start. Get in touch with these people, and you can go enjoy a show there and enjoy the town. There's some great restaurants, some great beaches. Realize our beaches down there, the Barrier Beach, is a part of. Babylon town too. Yes, we're very proud of those. Yeah. Now, now, Sean, we we've talked a lot about how wonderful my staff is, and I agree they're they're wonderful. But you too have a very good staff. We're very fortunate with the people that work for us. We have a wonderful executive director, we have an assistant director, and we have some uh, part time workers that work for us, uh, and we have a, a great um, uh, great uh, number of art teachers that work with us as well. So yes, we're very fortunate with the people we have. Wow. So um, that's all, to me, pretty amazing information. I, I thank you guys so much for coming on, the both of you. Um, everybody get in touch with them and go down and enjoy yourself down in Babylon because uh, we had a really good visit there. And what we keep finding is that as we go to these little villages, they're very special. And most people don't realize how special they really are. So I thank you both for coming. And um, we'll have you back on in the future to talk about more of your events. Thank you. Look forward to it. Mm -hmm. That'll so, be great. So anyway, now, if you're um, hungry... Of course, our main sponsor is Gino's Pizza in Lake Ronkonkoma. Um, everybody loves Gino's. It's on Portion Road in Lake Ronkonkoma. They run specials every month of the year. They just finished up their giant Super Bowl catering event, and it's a really great event that they do, and they, um, they really supply people with good food. They have all kinds of specials going on there every week. Every month is a different special during the year, um, and they honor the veterans. They honor different people. Um, go down and see them. Uh, go see Austin. He's the guy who really is in charge of things, him and Dom and Marco, and they will take care of you guys. You walk into Gino's, and it's kind of like you go into a family restaurant. It's always a friendly atmosphere there. So thank you, and we're going to get Austin on the show soon to talk a little more about the specials they're doing. So anyway, you've been listening to History Island on LI Talk Radio 103.9. I'm your host, Dale Spencer. Everybody take care of each other. Have a great week. Enjoy the week. And we'll see you back here soon. Thank you so much. and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors.